Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We are beginning, as Megan already said, we're beginning a new series, and it's called By My Spirit. It's not by force or strength, but by my spirit. Who's happy about that? Who's happy that it's not by your might and your force and your, your strength, yeah. but it's by the Spirit of God? I'm very excited about this um, series. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Funnily enough, I bet, I bet you guessed that. I bet you all knew that already. Uh, we're going to be looking at who the Holy Spirit is and what He brings, who He is, what He brings, and it's going to be fabulous. The New Testament alone is full of references to the Holy Spirit. So, so much of our lives is accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking about some of those things. I mean, you just look at the fruit of the Spirit, right? Just think about the fruit of the Spirit for a minute. Some of you might think, well... No, I just can't control that. I I just can't. Well, yes, you can because the Holy Spirit gives you the fruit of self-control. So that thing that you think has control over you, no, it doesn't because you have self-control by the Holy Spirit. That's just one of the fruits that he brings. There's many of them. How many are there altogether? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. Thank you. Nine. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he's God. He's part of the Godhead. He's invisible to our eyes, but he is spirit and he is holy. He is here in the place of Jesus. He is here to help us. He guides, he inspires, he reveals what we don't know. He gives gifts, spiritual gifts. You've got them. He gave them to you. He empowers us to serve God. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's pretty much what I'm talking about today. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit is what we're called to as believers in Christ. So I want to ask you today, are you aware of the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day living? Do you... Invite him into your day. I'm just going to reorganise something here because it's annoying me. Has it stopped? No. Well, I don't know how to stop it. One of you geniuses down the back might know, but I don't. I love nothing more than to just remain and wait, remain in and wait on the Holy Spirit. You know, there really isn't anything else in this world that feeds me and fills me more than that, than just sitting with the Holy Spirit, than going for a prayer walk with the Holy Spirit, than talking to the Holy Spirit, than exchanging my struggles and my burdens for his presence and his peace. Megan, can I have the other microphone? I'm not going to be able to.
Yep, good. You know that when you when you just walk, you were just living in your day to day life, and then you sense the presence of God. Who's had that happen? Isn't that special? Isn't that wonderful? It happened to me many times this week. That it's not that it happens all the time, but for some reason, maybe because I'm thinking about this, maybe because I'm thinking about the Holy Spirit more this week. But I, I, I literally stopped many times and thought, oh, God, thank you, your presence right here, right now. Some people just can't wait to get through worship. Oh, I'll just get through worship. No, no. The presence of God. It's precious. It's the place of power. It's the place of freedom. It's the place of life for me. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, aren't we thankful for the grace of Jesus? Yeah? Yes? Aren't we thankful for the love of God? What about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Yes. That means, it actually means partnership. Communication, communion. It's referring to an intimate relationship. Have you had a good meal with a friend and gone away feeling full, but not just physically full, just going away feeling full? You've had that? That's what fellowship with the Holy Spirit's like. How about walking, working alongside someone in a team? You know, when you're, you know, you're working alongside, that's what fellowship in the Holy Spirit's like. You're doing something and he's there with you, talking to you. Oh, okay, so we're moving this way. That's what it's like. How about sharing intimately with someone, feeling supported and known? That's what fellowship with the Holy Spirit's like. Having fellowship with the Holy Spirit, developing, developing a closeness to him, it empowers us. Now we're going to flick through. Lachlan, are you ready? Because I'm not going to read all these scriptures, but I know you've got it, buddy, because you are a champion. I'm going to tell you some things that the Holy Spirit does for us. So you know how it says in, that in Revelation that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Do you know that? It says that. It says he's the accuser of the brethren. Well, do you know what the Holy Spirit does when the devil accuses you? He stands beside you like a lawyer. And he sticks up for you. He's on your team. That's John 14, 16. John 14, 26 says he teaches you about God. So he opens your eyes and shows you more about God. John 16, 13 says that he guides you. When you're walking, he says, no, stop. This is the way. Hebrews 2, 4 says that he empowers you with gifts, spiritual gifts. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that he changes you into the image of Christ. I love this scripture. We are transformed by the Holy Spirit. John 14.16 says that he never leaves you. You know, when I almost drowned at the age of 12, this is a true story, we used to have this verse up on my, in my house where I grew up, when I grew up. That he never leaves you or forsakes you. And that verse just went around and around and around in my head as I was trying to get back to shore. He never leaves you. I haven't left you, Mel. 
He lives in you. Ephesians 3.16 says that he lives in you, strengthening, strengthening you with inner power by the power of the Holy Spirit, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. By what power? The power of the Holy Spirit. He illuminates the Word of God. That's 1 Corinthians. He gives you visions and dreams. That's Joel. He anoints you for the task. Excuse me. Love it when my voice goes. And he sends you on missions. That's Acts 13. And that's only some of the things he does. How great is the Holy Spirit? You know, God, thank you, John. God chose Joshua over Caleb to be the leader that would bring Israel into the promised land. Why? If you look at it, Caleb... Um, when Joshua and Caleb both went in to spy out Canaan and when they came back it was Caleb who spoke on behalf of him and Joshua it was Caleb who appeared to be the more natural leader the man of faith but after 40 years it was actually Joshua who called God who, who God called called God who God called to be Moses' successor What happened in those 40 years? What was the difference between the two? Joshua would spend time in the presence of God. He would linger in the presence of God in the tabernacle even after Moses left. Exodus 33 says, So the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Joshua had a hunger for the presence of God. He couldn't get enough of it. It set him up well in life. It set him up well in leadership. It opened doors for him. It will do the same for you. I'm here to tell you, it will do the same for you. I remember going to a job interview once and I got the job. I had no experience, not a, not a zip of it. Not a zip, nothing. And the woman just said to me, I don't know, there's something about you. You just shine. It wasn't me. Maybe I didn't put enough makeup on and I was just shiny that day. <laughs> it wasn't me. I actually felt the presence of God in that interview. He got me that, not me. <laughs> John 1.32 says this, Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and resting upon him. That's Jesus. The Bible says that the Spirit of God came upon Jesus in the form of a dove and stayed. That's pretty cool, isn't it? See, the Holy Spirit is in us when we get saved. He comes and dwells in us. But he also comes on us. He's in us to... And he does things in us and he transforms us and he guides us and all those things that I I spoke about a little while ago. He works in in, in, in us and helps us. But he's also on us. And he's on us to give to other people. It's actually called the anointing. Isaiah talks about the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to, to what? What is the Spirit of God on you for? To do what? So he's in us and he's on us. 
Pastor Phil Pringle says this, the greatest sins of the church today are grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came to earth, we crucified him. Now the Holy Spirit has also come to earth and we act in the same way. We crucify him. He is God, but he's also very meek. If our self-will goes against his leading, he will not struggle with us. He simply bows out. We must come to the Lord broken and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If our self-will goes against his leading, he will not struggle with us. He will simply allow us to go our own way. That's what he does. And if that happens, you know, we, we miss out. I miss out. I miss out on the life that he has for me to live, on the things that he has for me to do in that moment because our relationship with the Holy Spirit is not just about all of the things he brings to us, which we've spoken about. It's as much about learning from him, relating to him, listening to him, to live in such a way that we don't grieve him, sin, and we don't quench him, which simply means this. Refusing to do something he's asking us to do. It's that simple. Grieving him, sin, not owning up. You know, we all struggle with that at times. We, um, because God gave us a conscience, you know. It was God-given. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Kids have it. Our two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, we, he was at our house a couple of weeks ago. And we ripped out our kitchen and I took some candle um, holders with candles on them, big chunky candles, and I moved them out of the kitchen and I put them on a bookshelf that was quite low. And they were all beaten up. You know, they were, anyway, I just left them there. And <clears throat> he kept talking to me about, Leo kept talking to me about the candles. He said, they're broken, yeah, yeah. I said, yep. He said, who did it? I thought, what are you talking about? And then this was on a Friday. Then they came back on the Sunday because they were having a sleepover and he just wouldn't stop talking about the candles. And, it, and so I just stopped. I thought, something's going on. Just stop. So I stopped. I went over. I bent down. What is it? He said, I did it. Yeah, yeah, I did it. He just wanted to get it off his chest. He actually didn't do it. I mean, he probably did. He probably They fell over and he thought he'd broken them. They were already broken. And so it's this conscience that we all have. <clears throat> Grieving the Holy Spirit is when we sin. Quenching the Holy Spirit is something totally different. It's not moving with him. When he says something to you about that person at work that he wants you to say something to, or he says something to you about, you know, calling that person, or doing that thing. That's the quenching. When Jesus was on earth, he said this, John 5, 30 says, Jesus said, this is Jesus, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me, therefore my judgment is just. Because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. It's a great passage of scripture. I can do nothing on my own. Jesus was totally in step 
with God. He, the Amplified Version say, says it this way, I am able to do nothing of myself independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God, as I get his orders. As I get his orders. That's how Jesus knew what to do. He listened and he acted. He was sold out. He was yielded to God. He wasn't on earth to do what he wanted. And I think that is what we are here for, not to do what we want, but to listen and act on what he says. Hearing what he says and doing it is success for me. So how how does that happen in our life? I've got two ways. The first way is prayer. It's it's while we pray that we sensitize ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We learn to feel God, to be aware of Him, to see Him rather than our surroundings, our anxieties, our troubles, our problems. It's while we're in the place of prayer and communion with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit talks to us. That's where we get the solutions. That's where he says, come on, I want you to do this. I have a friend who left Canberra and I just, two weeks ago, I was just dreaming about her, just dreaming and thinking about her. And eventually I woke up. I mean, obviously I woke up, but that's not what I'm saying. Eventually I came to the conclusion that there was the Holy Spirit talking to me. So I texted her. I said, is everything okay? You're just everywhere I am. There you are. She said, I'm not, and like really bad things going on in her world. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to us, to lead us. He knows what's going on everywhere all at once. Amazing. Every morning, giving my day to him, asking him to lead me and guide me. How does he speak? Regular, regularly, it's a totally unrelated thought. It's wisdom that comes. Remember praying once up in Mount Ainsley and the, and the Holy Spirit just said, okay, just restructure this, this, this and this. I went, oh, that's a great idea. Couldn't have had that myself. So we did. Great things came out of that. Through the word, through revelation jumping out at, out at you, through others talking to you. I was at a conference a, n- a number of weeks ago. And some people were talking to me and I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, wake up. This is me. I'm telling you that this is something I want you to be involved in. Through the word of God, obviously, through messages. So my first way of of getting better at hearing the Holy Spirit was through prayer. And the second way is through yielding. And yielding happens by, funnily enough, yielding. You learn to yield by yielding. (laughs) Because it's this endless struggle we experience in life. Between our flesh and our spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh can be weak. Our flesh wars against our spirit and our spirit wars against our flesh. Who will win? It's quite simple really. It depends on what we feed. That's what wins, what we feed. And if we keep feeding our flesh rather than our spirit, 
which is much easier to do, by the way, because our flesh is instantly gratified when we feed it. But the Bible says our flesh is actually hostile toward God. Romans 8 says, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. When we feed our flesh, we strengthen the areas that are hostile toward God. But the more we fellowship with the Spirit and live in the Spirit, the less we give in to the desires of our flesh. Galatians 5 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You lose a taste for something when you stop eating it, right? Have you ever stopped eating a lot of sugar and then had something? And gone, woo! Is that just me? You might not do the woo, but that's, that's what your taste buds are doing on the inside. Okay, come up, guys. Please, musos. Guys and girls. I want to finish by reading this scripture to you. It's John 16. This is what the Holy Spirit does. When the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on His own, but only what He hears from the Father. And He will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, for He will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. In the place of fellowship and communion with the Holy Spirit, He takes things from God and reveals them to you. That scripture says He will tell you what is to come. He will guide you into all truth. one of the wonderful things about fellowship with the Holy Spirit as we pray as we yield He will fill our lives thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit for your power and your presence Fill every person here in this room, I pray. Fill every person here today who is watching, who is with us online today, I pray. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.